Good morning, today's daf is daf Ein Tes. I'm going to go from the start of the Gemara up to the Mishnah on Ein Ches Amud Beis 78b. It's the seventh last line. Today's shir is Le'ilu Nishmas Ben Sion Ben Zev Avram Alevi, Meir Ben Shlomo and Avram Ben Meir. May the Neshamas have an Aliyah and may their memory be a blessing. Um, Amen. Now, yesterday, remember, we were discussing if two courtyards, instead of being divided by a wall, which was the previous discussion and how to minimize and combine the courtyards, we were discussing if there's a ditch between the two courtyards. If there's a ditch four tfochim wide and ten tfochim deep, it's considered separating the two courtyards, that obviously they can each make their own independent Eruv, but they cannot make a combined Eruv. So the Gemara says, so one of the things we said, however, if we said if the ditch is filled up, well then obviously it's not a, it's not two separate courtyards anymore, it would be considered one courtyard. So on that the Mishnah said, if it was filled with teven, if it was filled with straw or something like that, it's not considered splitting the courtyard. And at least the initial thought is because you're not going to leave it there. It's only temporarily stored there. And therefore, how can you count it as a wall? But let's see. So the Gemara asks, the Tevin Lachayats, you telling me that straw doesn't form a, a, isn't considered filling up. As we said, if you put straw between the two court, in the ditch between the two courtyards, it's not considered filled up. They're still two separate courtyards. So it says, Vaha Anantnan, we learned in a Mishnan. If you have the straw in a, a heap of straw as a wall between two courtyards, you can make a Eruv as between the two separate courtyards, but not as one courtyard. We see that you can consider the tevin as if it's there as a proper wall. Obviously, we're discussing where the pile is ten fochim ha and along the whole length of the courtyard, splitting the two chateras into, except dividing the two chateras. But we see that tevin is a good uh, separation. Regarding does it act as a wall, everyone will agree it does act as a wall. But in regards to filling in, if you mavatal it, if you decide to leave it there, then it will act as a fill. But if you're not mavatal it there, then it would not act as a fill. So that's the difference between a pile of hay acting as a wall, because you leave it there, but a hay stack, but a, when it's filled in the ditch, it's only if you plan on leaving it there. So let me just check one here. Yeah. Now the Gemara says Mole offer. It was if it was filled with dirt. Or we said pebbles, but it's pretty much the same thing. So we're just going to discuss dirt. Now the Mishnah said if this hole was filled with dirt, it is considered filled up, and therefore the two courtyards are joined together. Now 
what the Gemara is going to be focusing on now, a little bit of a tricky point, but it says, what does it make a difference whether you specified you plan on leaving the dirt there, or you filled up this hole? Or what happens if you didn't specify it was filled with dirt and no one specified or said either way how long they plan on leaving the dirt there? Does that still count as filled up this hole so that the courtyards can be con are considered uh, combined and not separate? And where we're going to base the discussion on is an interesting halacha regarding Tum and Tahara. We know that if there's a mace in a room, the whole room becomes Tomei, but because of the ohel, the roof over the mace, but anything above that roof would not become Tomei. If, however, the mace is with, let's say the mace is in a very cramped room, or the room is filled with something so that there's no space around the mace, I, I mean, this, literally the amount is less than a tefach, then it's what's called tumor tzutza, crushed tumor, and actually it just bursts forth and goes straight up, Adlerokia, up until the sky. So if you had this room filled with tumor, sorry, if you had a room with a mace in, but the mace was full, the room was filled with straw, then the, the roof doesn't act as a ohel. The tumor just goes straight up over the roof and through the roof up until the sky. So someone on top of the roof would be Tomei. Now we're going to discuss that in regard. So the, so the Gemara says, Mole offer, quote from the Mishnah, if it was filled with offer, he says, I feel a That implies it's considered filled even where we don't know whether he was mavatal it there, whether he planned to remove it or not. Of a hot nan. But didn't we learn in a Mishnah, Baishem milu teven oitroros, ubitlu Ubitlu bottle. If you had a house, again, this is the one with the mason, and it was filled with straw or pebbles, and you were mavatal it. I, the person said, I'm leaving, the, I don't want the straw, I'm leaving it here long term. Bottle. Then it's bottle, which implies bitlu in log bitlu lots. Only where he specified that he's mavatal it there, that he wants to leave it there. But if he doesn't specify, well, then it would not be considered bottle, and the, it, you can view it as if it's not there. So Omar Avuna Mantano Alos Rebi Yosi. He says, No, who's the author of that Mishnah? It's Rebi Yosi. I and our Mishnah. Well, so so what, well, what's the contradiction? Is that our Mishnah says that offer just left there is considered left there and it would consider filling this ditch between. But in the Mishnah in Alos, it says if you leave, um, if, a, if there's a room full of sand, well then only if it's specified that he's mavatal it there, that he wants to leave it there, does it fill up the room. So that's a contradiction. So Rav Huna comes along and he says, oh, the author over there is Rabbi Yossi. Now the Gemara is going to show basically he didn't really know that Mishnah because actually from Rabbi Yossi, if you go analyze that Mishnah, we learn the opposite. The Tanya, as we learned in Ebrei, Rabbi Yossi, Omer, Teven, if you have straw which you don't plan on clearing out, I um, he hasn't specified that he's leaving it there. He hasn't been mavatal it there, but he doesn't. But we know he doesn't plan on removing it. That's like offer that is just a dirt that is left there unspecified, which is bottle. If there was dirt in this room, the room was filled with dirt, and he plans on 
taking it out. Harehu kastam tevin, that's like straw, the low bottle, and it's not bottle. Just to make this easier to follow, what are you? if someone has a room full of dirt, he's less likely to ever need that dirt. Therefore, there's most likely to be left there and full, and he would ignore it. If the room is filled with straw, well, there's a good chance he'll take it to uh, feed his animals, etc. And therefore, it is not a good... Uh, um, it's less likely to be considered mavatal there, left there, and filling up the room. But again, so Rabbi Yossi holds, at least um, a stam offer we can consider left there, and stam tevin we cannot consider left there. But we see very clearly that it doesn't have to be um, you don't have to mavatal the offer there. So so it seems to still contradict our Mishnah. Well, our Mishnah doesn't fit with Rabbi Yossi. It says, Elo Maravasi Mantana Eruvin Rabbi Yossi. Sorry, our, so, so our Mishnah, so he says, actually, Ravasi says, our Mishnah is Rabbi Yossi. Our Mishnah, which says that if you leave the offer there without specifying that you're going to leave it there or remove it, it's like Rabbi Yossi and Alos, that offer is always considered unspecified, we view it as if the person's leaving in there. Rav Huna, Brader Rav Shur, Omar, Tuma, Ashabas, Koromi, Rav Huna, Brader Rav Shur, asks a different question. He says, you're raising a contradiction between Tuma and Shabbos. He says, He says, on Shabbos, because of Mutza, even a wallet is mavatal, even a wallet is considered abandoned or um, left there. I definitely, if you have a, I don't think we have to discuss out in the open or anything, I think in your room in your house, you leave your wallet on the dining room table. Or let's say not on the dining table, you leave the wallet um on a on a chair in your room that you don't plan on using. Now, are you going to move that wallet? You're going to mavatal it there. Definitely, after Shabbos, you're going to remove it because it's got all your money in. But for Shabbos, it's mavatal there. So, so too with dirt and and uh, straw, etc. On Shabbos, you're going to leave it there, and therefore it fills up the hole, the ditch for Shabbos. I mean, dirt you're going to consider it. So, what he's saying, but but tuma. Well, that's a house, and uh, you would and you would remove it from there. So that's the second answer. You can't Shabbos. Um, you know, by Shabbos you're never going to move this dirt, and therefore it would be considered a battle there for Shabbos and filling up the ditch. Ravashi, Omar Ravashi says, by Sacharit Koromis. Ravashi says, don't have to worry about Shabbos or weekday. Why would you, you can't compare dirt in a house to dirt filling up a ditch. It says, A ditch is most likely to be filled. So if there's dirt in it, you can, it's most likely there to fill it up. Do people want to leave their house full of dirt? No, that's more like, obviously we're not discussing a regular house, but more like a storehouse or something like that, but it's more likely to be cleared out. So we have three different answers how to deal with the with the two teachings here in Ohalos. Um, again, in Ohalos there's a machloikes, Rabbi and someone, how you view Stam Ofor, um, which in Ohalos we say is bottle, whereas in, sorry, in Ohalos we said has to be 
you have to actively bevatel it, whereas in our case, if it's just in the ditch, you can assume it's there. The first answer was, um, yeah, it's a machloikis rebiosi and rabbonon. The second answer, and our mission is rebiosi. The second answer is you can't compare Shabbos and the weekday, because on Shabbos, Mukta things are considered bottle. No one's going to move it. Even We said even so far as his money, he's going to just leave where it is. Even though he's definitely not mavatal his money. And then the third answer was you can't compare dirt in a room to dirt in the in a filling up a ditch in, a, in, a, in the ground because ditches you most likely want to fill up. And just something to think about. So how long would you... I mean, yeah, now it seems like just to consider this whole field for... The weekday for for Shabbos, it seems like it just has to be filled for Shabbos because we compared it to the wallet. And um, for Thomas Mace, how long? Let's say there's a mace in a room and the room's filled with dirt or straw. How long would it have to be left there to be considered bittle there? So I think the simple answer is as long as the mace is there. But that's something to think about. Okay, now we go on to the next point of the Mishnah. If you put a plank across this ditch between the two courtyards, and the plank was fought for Fimwad, so that's where you placed it along the width. I, as a, as a bridge. However, if you place something along the length of the ditch, and even a tiny amount because you lessen it from Fort Fochim. When is this ditch considered separating the two courtyards? If the ditch is four tefas wide. If you put a, a thin strip of wood next to, let's say, Fort Fochim wide, so that it's, um, again, Fort Fochim long, but next to the one side, the, the ditch is now narrowed. The ditch is less than Fort Fochim, so it wouldn't consider separating the, the two courtyards. Then we said, so too, two balconies um, opposite each other. So, Omar Avahod, Omar Zukenegezu, Einzu, in Zushaloikenegezu, Lo. First point, Rava says, this is specifically where they placed, where they directly opposite each other. But if they're not in line, either the one shot, according to Rashi, is if they, let's say, the part of the building protrudes. So the one balcony comes, let's say, one meter into the street and the other balcony because the building protrudes is actually about four meters into the street then and the plank would have to be placed at an angle that would not count as a good bridge joining the balconies um, and if again also if these balconies do not line up if you place a plank at an angle from one balcony to the balcony to the other, it does. It's not considered uh, combining the balconies. It seems I guess people will still be very scared to climb this uh, incline to get from one balcony to the other. So it's not really uh, joining them um, unless they're within three tefachim of each other, their heart, and then it's just the uneven balcony. Um, so that's a few qualifications of when you can consider two balconies joined. As I mentioned yesterday, there's an interesting discussion on these two balconies. We're not going to go into it now. But are we discussing two balconies across the road from each other? Which is how many Rishonim want to learn? And then the difference would be, are they high up or are they more situated like that? But across the road from each other, over the Rishonim Or 
Are there two balconies on the same side of the Rosh Hashanah? I of the same, um, the same, uh, on the same side of the street, or like almost on the same building, right uh, next to each other, but obviously with the space between them. And what the discussion touches on, I don't know, just to refresh our memories a little bit to earlier on in the in in to Maseches Shabbos. Remember, the discussion is passing something over Rishus Harabim. Is that considered? That's considered carrying. Because remember, we learned in the Mishkan they used to pass the beams of the Mishkan over from one wagon to the next in front of it over the Rishus Harabim. So that was a. That's 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 what part of this discussion touches on, but that that consideration of sometimes even passing something over Rosh Hashanah is considered carrying. And and then yeah, so then how could you bind the two courtyards, etc. Okay, next Mishnah. Matvin sheben sora. If you have straw, this we touched on the previous. But if you have a pile of straw. Separating two courtyards, and it's ten fachim ha. Ma'avim shleim ve'ein ma'avim echod. You can make two separate eruvs. I each courtyard can make their own eruv. Ve'ein ma'avim echod, but you can't make one eruv together. Elu machilin mikan ve'elu machilin mikan. These can feed the animals from the one side of the of the wall of the hay haystack wall, and the other can feed the animals from that side. Nismai tateven me'asorat fachim. If again, this is before Shabbos, the Wall became less than ten fachim ha. Ma'avim echod ba'ein ma'avim shnayim. Then they can only join it in one eruv and not two separate eruvs. This is a revision. We take in this new application. We'll see what the chidush is from the Gemara, but reapplying principles we've already learned. Like if you have two chotzers that are open into each other, they can't, they can't make separate eruvs. If they properly open into each other, there's no boundary wall between them. You have to make one big arrow. If there's a proper wall between them, which this haystack that goes along the chotzer counts as, then you can't. Then they can only be made into separate arrows. Because remember, you have to be able. To, there has to be an opening between the wall, between the partition, between the courtyards to join them in an arrow, which there isn't here. Now, Omer says this that you can allow your animals to. You can allow your animals to eat from the haystack wall, but. You can't put into a bucket and take it to feed your animals. Well, yeah, let me go back a step. What was the concern? Why? Why? What's the chirush you can let your animals eat from the mechitza in the middle, from the haystack wall in the middle, between the two chotzers? So the concern is that if they eat too much and the heart of the wall drops below 10 tfachim, then you have two chotzers that don't have a partition between them and you would not be allowed to carry because the Eruv was made on two separate courtyards, not one large courtyard. So that would be the concern. And therefore, I think Rav Huna's concern is um, Rav Huna's concern is that if you're taking buckets full of hay to feed your animals from this partition, then you're very likely to diminish its size and you'll come to carry where you're not allowed to. Says, oh, look, my sorry. So you're telling me, fine, you can't take from buckets, but you can lead your animal and stand it right by the wall. He says, Rav Huna, Rav, Rabbi Chanina. Rav Huna said, name of Rabbi Chanina. You can stand your animal by grass to make it eat the grass on Shabbos. But you can't 
make it stand by something that is mutzah to eat on Shabbos. What's the difference? To what? If your animal's not eating properly, you would never come to pick out the grass because that's the isodoraisa to pick out the grass with animals. But if it's just something mukta, you wanted to put your animal there to eat something that was mukta, well then there's the concern that you will come to uh, feed your animal, a mover to feed your animal because it's only isodorabonon. So what do we see? Where it's a isodorabonon, then you should be careful. And what's the status of this wall? What would you, the status of this wall? So I think the wall is, uh, yeah, sorry, I should have meant, there's two. So one is you, you like, um, the wall might diminish. And the second problem is the wall's mukta. The straw that you decide to leave there for Shabbos, by the fact that you decide to leave it as your wall on Shabbos, is mukta. So Gemaraan says, no, basically what you do is you stand in front of your animal, you force your animal, you don't pull your animal and stand it by the wall, you kind of just stand blocking its way so that it ends up walking to the wall so that it eats there. Then we mentioned in the mission, you're telling me that you can't place, take, put some of the hay into a bucket and carry and take it to feed your animals from this wall. If you have a house, Rashi explains, you've got a house, it's, it seems in my mind kind of one large hall. But the two rooms on the side are somehow distinct. And in this middle house, this middle room, there's this dividing um, partition of hay. So there it says you can place hay in your bucket and take it to feed your animal. Each person from their side. It says, If, however, the wall goes below tent for him, then they would not be allowed to carry um, from their courtyard to the haystack or the other way around because remember the haystacks in a room, their courtyards on the outside and th they can't carry because now that the partition's less, partition is less than 10 tfachim, it's not a partition and you have one large chotzer that these two, that hasn't, doesn't have an arrow. Says So what can you do? One of them can lock his side of the door to get into this room and give up his rishus to his other friend. And then his friend would be allowed to carry from his courtyard into this house that's between the two courtyards because at with the other guy was Mavato Rishus and locked his door. And similarly, we would say by a pit with straw in that between two trumin. Uh, what's that point? Um, at the moment, not relevant to us, but it, remember, you're only allowed to go 2,000 amos, let's say, outside the city. If between two cities, they had a big, of, between the trumim of two cities, so kind of on the 2,000 amma border of these two cities, they had a big pit with straw in, you can lead your animal, each 
people from other city can lead the animals up to that pit and each animal can eat from their side of the pit obviously not going to the other side because that's outside the trum um now we, we just to bring out the point we wanted to bring from this one can fill up his bucket and take to his animal to feed and the other side can take from the wall of hay and fill up his bucket and take the animal to eat which contradicts our Mishnah again our Mishnah said if you have a two chatseros and there's a dividing line what's the dividing partition? this huge haystack we said you're not allowed to take from the one side of the wall and put it in the in a bucket the, the person who lives on the one side of the haystack is not allowed to take from that side and put it in a bucket to feed his animals he's allowed to let his animal wander up to the wall and eat from it but he can't take in a bucket but then we just brought this case of this this uh, brisa where we had two chotzers and a room between the two chotzers that was filled with hay and we said they can well there's a wall of hay going down the middle of this room separating the two we said he can fill up his bucket and take it to his animals to eat so what's how do, why in the why in our Mishnah can you not fill buckets of hay and take it to your animal to eat and in the other Mishnah you can. So Omri Bay is given the Ika Tikra regarding a house since there's a, a ceiling says no in a house there's a ceiling so you can see the heart difference as it goes lower easily. So you'll notice if it goes lower than 10 Tvachim. But when it's outside in the middle of the courtyard in the open, you can't see this, the heart of the haystack uh, as clearly because you've got nothing to compare it to. Before you could say, oh look, the haystack reached the ceiling. And now you'll look and say, oh it doesn't reach the ceiling anymore. Or it nearly reached the ceiling and now it doesn't. But when it's outside in the open air, you can't really see that so clearly and therefore in our Mishnahs there's a greater concern that you will come to make the haystack too short. Again, there was no Eruv joining the two courtyards. So if the if the haystack shrinks to below 10 Fahim, well then there's nothing separating the two courtyards. It's two courtyards that should have an Eruv and they don't and they would not be allowed to carry. And obviously we're concerned that without realizing it, they will come to carry. Yeah. And then Rashi says, he says, according to the version that the concern, why can you not take, I mentioned there was, I, I, I don't know if I mentioned it clearly, but there was a second concern with this wall, picking up the grain from the wall and feeding it to your animal. Is that it's mukta. Why is it mukta? Because it's set there as your wall between you two, your two courtyards, you and your neighbor's courtyard, that your wall is this haystack. Walls are mukta. You don't plan on moving it the whole Shabbos. So Rashi says very interestingly, and uh, very interestingly, he says, no, that's only the hay or the straw that is necessary to count as the mechitza. I saw anything above tent fochim or anything that's far to that it's, at, at, let's say it's very wide, that would not affect the heart of the wall if you pull some of it out, would not be mukta because it's only the part that specifically creating the partition that would be mukta. Okay, now we quote, now we're going to analyze this price. So he says, nice He said that if this haystack 
in the room between two chotzers, in the house between two chotzers, goes lower than ten tfachim, then they are not allowed to carry anymore. So the Gomorrah makes a diok, it says, Ho asora shori. That implies that as long as the haystack is ten tfachim tall, they, it is a boundary wall between the two. He says, gav is this even if the, the ceiling is much higher? It seems very clear from this brysa that walls that don't reach a partition that does not reach the ceiling still counts as a partition. So what's wrong with saying that? What's wrong with saying that if you have a big room and you put a partition 10 fachim high, even though it doesn't reach nearly to the ceiling, it's a good partition. So remember a few days ago, I think it was last week, we had a case of five people, five groups, who were staying in a big hall, and they set up little partitions between each group, and we were discussing, it was a machlokes by Shammai and Beis Hillel, or, and but a big machlokes, how high the partitions had to be to, to separate the groups. I, when was, just because they were in one hall, when is it considered one group, and they only have to contribute one to the Arab? Or when is the partition between each group significant enough that they would, sorry, insignificant, that they one group, or when is it significant enough? But it was a whole discussion, but here it seems very clearly that as long as it's 10 tfachim ha, it doesn't have to reach the ceiling. So, Amr Abayah, Hachav Abayah, Shloisha Asor, Chaser Mashu Askinan, Veteven Asor. Abayah says, no, you can't learn from here, because maybe here we're speaking in a room that is only 13, just under 13 tfachim ha, and therefore when the straw is 10 tfachim ha, it's within three tfachim of the roof, and therefore we would say lovin, and it's considered solid. He says you can actually even say we're in a room that is ten tfachim tall, and the grain is actually only seven and a bit tall. But since it's within three tfachim of the roof, we can say lovin. The Gomorrah answers, Bishlaim and the Gomorrah points out, Bishlaim and Abaya, Hanidiktani, Measora, El Ravuna, Braider of Yeshua, Measora. Oh, but the Brysa clearly said that if this grain is lower than 10 Fochim, it's invalid. So, how do you learn that according to Ravuna, who says we're starting with a, a pile of grain that is only 7 Fochim tall? So, he says, No, Mitoris Asora. Once it goes lower than, once it diminishes in heart a little, it loses its status of being 10 tfachim tall, because if it's only 6 tfachim tall, then it's 4 tfachim from the roof, so we can't say lovud anymore, and then you, there would be no divider between this house, which is part of two chatzeros. Okay, so that's the... Yeah. So that's, again, yeah, interesting how we, we're coming back to that sugya. Remember what, in a room, in one room, how significant, how tall does the partition have to be to, uh, to count as a partition? And according to the one opinion, it was all the way up to the ceiling. We had a few opinions there, but relevant for us primarily is one, is, one opinion was it was all the way to the ceiling, and the other opinion was only 10 tfachim. Another opinion was even lower, but it seems very clear from this price that 10 fochim is sufficient, so we had to get around. We had to explain our case slightly differently. Okay, then we mentioned Shnei Masurin. We said, again, what happens? You have on Shabbos, so you have these two chotzers opening into this room. This room, this house is divided by a haystack. Now, by the fact that it's divided in a haystack, 
the person on the one side has his own chotzer and his done and if there are a few people that have done what they need to do to carry if it's one person he can carry anyway and on the other side he can carry because again this haystack is a boundary wall so if the haystack sinks gets uh, eaten away till it's lower than 10 for him they can each only um then then it's joined into one large Chotzer, and they don't have an Eruf, so they can't carry. So he says, We see clearly from here that if you have someone who arrives on Shabbos who has rights in the courtyard, he makes the courtyard also. But this is a problem because we've learned earlier that if when you start... Um, yeah, don't we say that once if Shabbos starts and you're allowed to carry in your Chotzer... Even if a new person arrives, the chotzer is still a good chotzer. It was a, it was a, um, it was a machloikas, but this price clearly seems to settle it. That if a new person arrives in your chotzer and would now forbid you to carry because he has rights in it, it's one large chotzer that doesn't have a boundary between them, he would oiser it. So it should resolve that machloikas. So the Gemara answers. Not necessarily maybe it went lower than ten fochim the day before on Erev Shabbos. Okay, then we mentioned So what can he do that one of them can carry in their courtyard? So the one guy can lock his side to get into the house, and therefore there's now a war between him and his new neighbor, and his Mavatarashus. He gives his rights in that house to the other guy. And then he can carry. He says, Tarti, does he really need to do both of them? He says, Either he just locks the door so he can't get into that house, so only the other courtyard has access to it, and that's the equivalent of Bitorushus, or he can leave it open and he just does Bitorushus. He says, I give up my rights in that house to, the, to my neighbor, and then the other guy can carry. He says, Or you can say that actually it's literal. In this case, you need both of them. Since he's so used to walking from his chotzer into this middle house, Doshbei, he's at, literally he tramples, but he does it very often, we make him do the extra thing of locking the door and mevato rishos. Um, Tosfos asks on that, yeah, and Rashi, so Rashi says very interestingly on this, he says, so where was it? Um, Yeah. So he says, if you would just lock the door or just do bitterishus, the other guy can definitely carry. But the problem is you. You might come to carry into this house, which is a problem. And therefore he says, it would be the case in every time you're doing bitterishus, you would have to lock your door. So remember, we discussed, if you have a courtyard of five people in the Eru, five people in a courtyard, and one of them forgot to join the Eru, he has to do bitterishus. According to Rashi, what we've just seen now, every time he goes inside, he has to lock his front door so he doesn't accidentally carry out into the courtyard. Tossos are not too happy with that. One is they say, uh, um, he says, we've never ever seen this before. He says, firstly, how's he ever going to get in and out? He needs to, he needs to be able to get in and out. So locking shouldn't really help. And what's the point? And also, it's very difficult. He says, uh, um, also, uh, sorry, and th- sorry, what was the thought? Oh, he says, it's very difficult that we've never ever seen this before. 
that you have to lock your door to make sure you don't accidentally carry out into this courtyard, etc. Um, and therefore, he wants to actually say it specifically this scenario because there was never an Aruv. So this guy's so used to carrying without an Aruv because the haystack was a wall between the two Chotzers. So he had his Chotzer with half of this house. And then there was the haystack dividing. And the other guy had his chotzer in half of this house. So he was used to carrying without an Aruv. And now, so that's the problem. Whereas in the case of five people making a courtyard, he would never have carried without an Aruv. Only on the weeks where there's an Aruv he carries. And the other weeks he doesn't carry. So he's aware that he needs an Aruv. And that's why Tosso says it's unique to this case. Okay, then he says, um, If he makes the, if he locks his door in Mavatol, his Rishus, his friend can carry... But he can't. Shit, isn't that obvious? He was mavatel his rishus. He doesn't have rat in it anymore. He says, no, what happens if later on in the day, his friend says, I'll lock my and mavatel rishus to you. It's coming to teach us you can't do that. Remember, we had a discussion of it earlier, but you're not allowed to, you can't have, let's say, a few, let's say you had two people who didn't do an Eruv, so you can't say one, I'll, I'll, have, I'll my rishus in the morning and you mavatel your rishus in the afternoon. Now, once one of them's mavatel rishus, he's not allowed to do it again. Then it says, And similarly, you would say by this, um, this pit of straw between two trumim, shit, obviously you can take your animal up to the one side of the pit which was in, within your trum and let him eat there. No, it's necessary for Rebbe Kiva who says this. You can't take Tchumim or actually Doraisa. We should make a Xayra because you might come to get mixed up and switch them. Or you might take your animal to the other side of the pit which is outside of the Tchum. That we're not concerned. As long as the side of the pit is within your Tchum, even though the other side of the pit where this hay is, is outside the Tchum, we're not concerned. And you can carry there. Okay, I think let's go on. Um, so the Mishnah, the next Mishnah is going to discuss making a shituf in the Mabui, which we kind of know the gist of, we've come across it many times, that you put food together. Remember, for a shituf of a Mabui, it can be any food. It seems like they used to often use wine and oil. Um, unlike a, sh- a chotzer, you have to use uh, bread. But a Mabui can't. Now we're going to ask an easy way to do it. Because generally, kind of, what would you have to do? What would be the standard way of doing it? Would it be going to each house in the Mabui, which is, remember, a few Chatseros, each opening into a courtyard, each opening into the Mabui. So you'd have to go to each, at least each Chatser, if not every house, and collect food or something from them. So what's the easier way to do it? So he says, What's the easy way to do a Mabui? Place the barrel which has enough wine, or let's just say wine, or whatever food you decided to use for your shitufe mavos, in the chotzer where you're going to leave it. Um, yeah, how much wine or food we'll discuss in a coming up Mishnah. Um, but let's say you have enough in the barrel for everyone. And he says, yeah, You say this, one is on behalf of everyone. Now, you have to have someone who acquires it, who accepts it on behalf of everyone. Because you can't, it's your one, 
So you can't acquire it by yourself. So you have to. So he says, You can ask one of your adult children to accept it on behalf of everyone else. And you can ask your Jewish slave, a Jewish slave as opposed to an Eved Kanani, because an Eved Ivri very simply is basically just your worker. He's an independent person, an independent entity who works for you. Okay, obviously it's a bit more than that. He's an Eved Ivri, but that would be the simple way of looking at an Eved Ivri. Ishto, or his wife is independent and she can also acquire it from you on behalf of the rest of the courtyard. You can't do it through your little young children. Nor through a non-Jewish slave, because they... Everything they own is yours anyway. So they're not financially, especially they're not a separate entity. So they can't acquire something on behalf of other people. His, their hand is like his hand. Okay, now just one interesting question on this. What would be the reason why a children, this seems to be a machlokas rishonim, what would be the reason that a child can't... Um, Mazake, a young child can't mazake. So, is it because they're manas and they don't really have the ability to acquire something, which is a little bit difficult because we see they do, so it would be more along the lines of in this case, we're kind of saying anything they acquire, they would have to give straight to their father, or maybe it's because they're. So they rely on their father's on their father's table. So any food from him is kind of just goes back to him. It's all his food. Um, um, okay, but that's uh, but then it would mean even adult children. When it means manas, it means that they're reliant on their father's house. But then even adult children, like in al society. Um, many children, up until it uh, seems the age gets older, but many children, even over 20, often are reliant on their father, and therefore they would not be able to acquire the Eru from him. Okay, so that's something to look into. Um, but then the Gomorrah says, Omar of Yehuda, He then has to lift, the person who's acquiring it on behalf of everyone, has to pick it up, a tefach, from the ground. He has to perform a Kenyan. Now, very interestingly here, Tosho's point out, is this a good proof? We know there's what's called a Kenyan Hagbo. You acquire something by lifting it up. Is this Kenyan Hagbo, does it only have to be a Tefach? We generally say three Tefachim from the ground. So Tosho say you can't prove here, just the rabbis were lenient with making a shituf because that's only a dinter opponent. But generally when you need to perform a Kenyan Agbo, it would have to be above three tfochim from the ground. Rova says, ah, oh, this is actually two, two, there were two things that the elders of Pumpadisa taught. Chadaho, one is as we just said, that you have to lift this barrel one tefach of the ground to acquire it, the person who's acquiring it on behalf of everyone. And it is the other one is someone who's saying Kiddush, if he drinks mole lugma, then he's yoitze, and if not, he is not yoitze. Um, 
referring to this is a halacha regarding Kiddush. We know that you have to, when we say Kiddush over wine, I mean the Doraisa mitzvah is to just say Kiddush, we say Kiddush over wine, and to fulfill Kiddush over wine, the person who says Kiddush has to drink Malay Lukma for cheekful. We generally say it depends on the person, obviously, how big they are and how big their cheeks are, but uh, it would be, and if he drinks less than that, then it doesn't count as Kiddush. And you'd obviously have to either drink more, depending on the exact scenario, or say Kiddush again. And interestingly enough, there are some opinions, and well, not, not a fringe opinion, is for whatever reason, let's say you can't drink the wine, you said Kiddush, you can give it to someone else to drink the Mole Lugmav. You don't necessarily have to drink the Mole Lugmav. And a great leniency is uh, if for whatever reason, everyone at the table is not able to... If, if one person is not able to drink Mole Lugmav, but between everyone who's being using this Kiddush for their obligation, who's listening to Kiddush for their obligation of Kiddush, between the group of them drink Mole Lugmav. So each person has a sip, and together it adds up to Mole Lugmav. Where really necessary, you can rely on that for your Kiddush. Okay, then Omar Avchavina, Hanami, Sabe de Pumbadis Omrinun. That's not, I've got another teaching from the elders of Pumbadisa. The Omar of Yura, Omar Shmuel, Oisin Madura Lechai Beshabbos. You can make a fire for warmth for a woman who's just given childbirth. And some people thought, oh, only for a woman in childbirth, but not for a sick person. I may be only, a fire is only necessary, warmth is only really necessary for a for a woman who's just given birth, but a woman who, for other sick people, even if they don't steal, it's not significant enough to make it. He says, but, um, and what else they thought, and this should only be in winter and not in summer, but itmar, we said regarding this, if someone bloodlets and then they're feeling cold, you can make a fire for them even in the middle of summer. Right, so if someone's dangerously ill and they're feeling cold, you definitely make a fire. You don't say, ah, how much will the fire, how much will the warmth actually help them? Are they really cold or is it just their temperature? Is there just their fever making them feel cold? No, you do what, the, if they're feeling cold, you can make a fire for them. Again, obviously we're speaking about someone who's dangerous to you. It says, I know something else that the elders of Pumpadisa taught us. What sort of tree would you assume is an Asherah? Remember we mentioned yesterday, what's an Asherah? A tree that was served as a Vodasara, and you're not allowed to get benefit from it. What happens if there's a tree, you don't really know about it, what could be signals that it is an Asherah tree and you have to consider it, be concerned that it is one? So, Amarav, Kol Shemishar Rav says, if it's any tree that the assistants, I guess the priests or the people who are managing that avoid Zorah, guard it and they don't eat its fruit. Because if they serve it, if they serve it as the avoid Zorah, they're never going to pick the fruit of it. Ushmul Omar and Shmuel says, going to Omar, Hanitimri Lashikhra Debay Nitzarfi Deshosulei Beyom Chagom. It says, no, if you hear these people saying that the, the dates on that tree, we're going to make beer for the Temple of Nitzarfi, which we drink on our festival. I rap seem to say specifically because they would not remove the fruit. 
And Shmuel seemed, I think Shmuel's saying, as long as it sounds like they'll use the fruit in their service, it could still be considered an Asheritri, and you'd have to be concerned about that. Okay, tomorrow we're going to go back to our discussion of setting up the Shituf, but we'll leave it there for today.